This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. We'll go to the book of Malachi, chapter 3. And like I said before, this will... Hopefully, I'm I'm going to get through with this today because we need to move on to where God has taken us. And we've been on this for the last few months. So we want you to be able to get this last part and you can go back, stream the others. Just do what you need to do to do what God has called you to do so you can understand the truth about it. In this opening statement, this scripture, it's this statement we can put, we can, let me tell you, we can put the foundation of our faith on this one statement that we're about to make. You can put the foundation of your faith on this particular statement in 3 verse 6. The first one. You can put the foundation. You know, a foundation is what secures everything on this one scripture right here. And it says in verse 6, For I am the Lord, I change not. Bam, that's it. You can close it right there. I am the Lord, I change not. That, that seal that you can, that's your foundation for your faith. That's how you know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Build your faith upon that. Let it rest. Let your faith rest right there. That I am the Lord, I change not. I love that. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Drop down to verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, said the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, said the Lord of hosts. Here we want to come to the conclusion of the whole matter, a conclusion of this thought pattern that we have. And we said the end, the end results of all of this is verse 12. All nations shall call you blessed. People shall call you blessed. And you shall be a delightsome land. I love that. You shall be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. God is saying, if you would just do it, let him, just do it his way. All nations will call you blessed. Just do it his way. All the nations of the earth will take note that you are a child of God. Like, you know, it's something about them. It's something, like the, the minister said this morning, even a heathen will look at and be like, you know, it's something about them and their marriage. All nations will call you blessed. They will take note that you're walking in the things of God, of the Most High God, and that we are blessed. All in, in, in being blessed, He will be glorified. Are you following me? Church, I'm still teaching on this subject, and I want you to know, in finalizing this teaching, I hope you have gotten something from it. I hope you can go back and get more from it. 
the real truth about the tithe and 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 why we should tithe why you should be a person if you are a believer you should be a tither don't get caught up with the mo- the money if you go back and listen to all of the all of the uh stream all of the series of this series you'll find out you don't get caught up in the money because that is what's going to keep you in a place of just disobedient to God Disobedient God, because we found out that the tithe is not the seed. The seed is obedience. The seed is obedience in obeying God, because we know God doesn't need money, but it's you being obedient now. And so it brings us down to this conclusion, and I want to, us to remember some things about this lesson before we go on. And when we go on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have new information today, and, and I'll tell you when I'm there, but I want you to remember some, some things before, as we're closing. First of all, I want you to remember the intent of the message in the first place, the very intent. In other words, what I was trying to accomplish when I started this in lesson one. The intent was for us as tithers to understand the principles that govern the tithe and receive the full benefits of the tithe because it came to my my attention from the Holy Ghost, via the Holy Spirit, that there are many tithers that tithe faithfully but are not fully comprehending and understanding the principle of tithing and we're not receiving the full benefits of the tithe. So in that particular teaching, in this particular teaching, series of teaching, it's really for the people that tithe. Now if you're not a tither, you've learned something. Now you can begin to tithe. But this this is really for the pe- person that's already a tither, but just not quite seeing the benefits. Again, but if you are non-tither, now you can start. Start now. Start now and become a tither. Amen. And then the second thing I want you to remember is the definition of the word tithe. It is a Hebrew word, and even the Greek means the same thing. One-tenth of all legally incoming cash, whether earned or unearned, whether earned or unearned, whether you get paid for it or someone gave you money, whatever, earned or unearned, every legally earned, one-tenth of that belongs to God. It's also that tenth we said that belong to God and must be returned to God. It's the first fruit of our labor. It is that cash, that income, which we immediately separate from our own possession. Immediately I separate that from my own possession. The third thing I want you to remember is the principle that's governing the whole entire teaching, the principle of sow and reap. In other words, you have uh, you and I sow, and then comes the harvest. We sow obedience, and here comes the harvest. We sow obedience, then comes the harvest. So we put in, we put the ten percent, obeying God. The tenth that's his, and we put it in the offering bucket, and it's governed by the principle of sow and reap. And the ninety is governed by, I mean, the ninety is the harvest, and we understand that the ninety is governed by the principle of stewardship. We talked about that. Now, listen to me closely. Now, it's not our, it's not our choice to make when you get, when you have the ninety percent. Because the 10% is going to make that 90 holy. 
is going to make it where you can get the most out of it. Because I obeyed God. Not the money is going to make it. My obedience. Because now I've opened myself up so God can tell me what to do with the 90. Now it becomes holy. It becomes set apart. And God said, now, all you need to do is make sure that you offer that to me. God, I've, I've, this 90 that's left in my possession, Father, I want you to show me what you want me to do with that. And he will show you. Amen. So we don't want to try to make decisions over it. And we want to, if we want to reap the full benefits, then we need to make sure that that 90 is glorifying God. And, and, and we talked about different things. And when I say glorifying God, I'm not saying that you have to give the 90 to the church. See, if you've been listening and you've been streaming, you'd understand. It's not talk, talking about always just giving money to the church. Are you following me? The fourth thing I want you to remember is what cultivates the tithe. And, we, and what, uh, that is what causes the tithe to produce the expected harvest that, that God wanted. And it produces that scriptures. And, you know, God may already have made it where the, the harvest is going to produce for you. Everything, when you line up with all of his principles, everything that he said, it's going to produce. It's going to automatically, it's going to produce for you. The 90 is going to produce. You'll find out how do I have this left over or something else will come in or someone else will give you something. That's God. Because God is going to cause men to give into your bosom. And and different things that you'll be like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting that. Little things like that will come up and you'll be like, oh, you'll find out some things that were set in place even by the state. and, and, And they changed it. And you'd be like, oh, my God, we're getting an extra this and an extra that. People are just getting in on the blessing. God is making sure you are blessed. See, you've got to realize that and hold on to that. Amen. And then we said that we cultivate the tithe by having clean hands, clean heart, and a great motivation, the right motivation. The great motivation is the right motivation. That cultivates the ninety. The tent. Everything has to be clean. You got to, before you put it in, you need to father out, check yourself and say, God, I want my hands clean. I want my heart clean. I want the right motivation. I want to do this because you require me to do it. Amen. Because God wants to use, if you want God to use those hands for instruments of righteousness, they need to be clean hands. Amen? Because we don't want to use our hands and our hearts and our motivation in an unrighteous way. Amen? And so we, we went on, and then the fifth thing I wanted us to remember is the purpose of the tithe. Why do we tithe? Is this on my, oh, that's a cute earring. My, my, my sons bought me those for Christmas with the matching deal. They know, they know their mother. Was it hitting up against, okay, that's okay. We'll, we'll have to work with that. Pastor Hill would have said, Take, get, that's nothing now. The fifth thing I want, to remember, want you to remember is the purpose of the tithe. Why do we tithe in the first place? Remember the tithe is to finance the kingdom of God. It is also to seek and save that which is lost. And thirdly, it provides for spiritual and natural needs of the tithe, of the tither. 
That's what the tithe is for. Now, make sure that you get that down. It's to finance the kingdom of God, to seek and save that which is lost, and to provide the spiritual and natural needs of the tither. So when we tithe, that becomes what God can use, and it becomes an avenue so God will make sure that our spiritual and natural needs are met. Amen? Six things I want you to remember about this teaching is this statement. Sacrifice is something that you suffer when you do not tithe. Then you come into the part of sacrificing. Because why? I have not done what I was supposed to do. You can, you know, when you come in the point of sacrificing, now we're talking about the tithe, but that's in any area. Any vow you make that you can't complete, you come up under a sacrifice. And that's what happens when you disobey what God has said. You cannot do that and think that you're not going to sacrifice. But that is, that's the only thing. I don't want you to ever get in your head that when you tithe, you're sacrificing. Well, it's a sacrifice, but I tithe. No, it's not a sacrifice. That belongs to God. You sacrifice when you're disobedient. So a lot of you sitting at home and you listen to me right now, don't get mad at me. It has nothing to do with me. But the reason why you suffer financially, you suffer in a lot of different areas, is right here. And again, it's not about the dime on the dollar. It's about obedience. You have to obey God. Are you following? Are you falling to sacrifice? It was never God's intention for us to sacrifice. Sacrifice is suffering due to disobedience. Know that. The Lord said that obedience is better than sacrifice. He said, I want you to obey. I don't, because he knows what kind of state a sacrifice puts you in. It puts you in a bunch of discouragement. It makes you down. It makes you feel like you're pressured. You, all of that. God said, nope, nope, nope. Just obey. And you never have to get into that place of sacrificing when it comes to the things of God. Amen. Just get into, you know what? Don't refuse the tithe. Refuse, tithe according to the will of God. Are you with me? The seventh thing I want you to remember is the, the, the subject matter, the real truth about the tithe. And I, what I want you to remember is this. I need to ask myself, you know, really, why should I really tithe? Why should I? Ask yourself. But I'm going to give it to you in a nutshell why you should tithe. Write it down. You should tithe letter A. This is a teaching ministry. I'm trying to drive something home to you. You should tithe because the tithe, the act, listen, the act, not the money, is the seed that produces the harvest, which brings that, uh, which, uh, which brings that, that which is going to govern, going to be governed by the principle of sow and reap. Let me say that again. Because I'm trying to look at my notes and, and it's in my head and I'm, I'm messing up here. You should tithe, not, and it's, oh, we're talking about the act, not the money, because it is the seed that produces the harvest that's going to be governed by the principle of sow and reap. Example. Here's an example. An apple tree. You put the seed in the ground, then the apple tree comes up. Simplicity. Just naturally. You put the seed in the ground, and then the tree come up. And guess what? You really don't want the tree as much as you want the fruit on the tree. You don't want the tree. You want the fruit on the tree. 
That's what you want. But it is a progression that you must go through in order for the tree to come up and produce the fruit. It doesn't come up overnight. It, it, has, it has to get down in the root because you put the seed. It has to grow root. It's got to come up through the ground. It's got to be, it's got to, it's a lot of things you're gonna have to be doing in the midst. You gotta fertilize around it. You gotta water it. You gotta keep the uh, bugs, the flies, everything away so that it can grow. That's a progression. Take a natural truth, extract a spiritual uh, illustration out of that. Understand that. You're not after the tree, but the fruit on the tree. Letter B. We should tithe because the harvest is that which God uses to produce the add to life. And that's where we left off last week. This is where God produces the add to life. The add to life is going to come in the harvest. Because why? The harvest is now ready to be lifted up to God and ready for God to show me how to distribute it. See, the tithe brought proper, uh, um, the tithe will properly produce the correct harvest all the time. The proper way that you tithe will produce the correct harvest. Now, what do I mean produce the harvest? You, you know, you say, you know, uh, the 90% that left over, where, 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 I mean, what does that have to do? I'm going to have that left over nowhere, but anywhere it goes. Yes, but you want God to be in on it. You don't want, yes, everybody's going to have the 90% left over, but if you, the, the, the main part is that 90%, now I got to put it in God's, the way God wanted to be distributed. I can't just do my own thing and expect the harvest. If you want it God's way, where you'll superabound, where you have more than enough, you're going to have to do it God's way. And I laid out the principles His way. You still have to do it God's way. Amen. And see, because you have it left over, you I just should be able to do it. Well, you can do whatever you want to with it. But I'm talking about people that want to superabound. I'm talking about people that want to do, want different. I'm talking about people that are saying, okay, I want to see this work in my life. Because he promised it over here that it would. He's not a man that he should lie. And if it's not working like he said, somewhere you missed it. Don't look at him missing it. Don't look at the men and women of God and say, oh, well, that's, that's, that's not really for the day. They just saying that's for the day. That's not really for the day. No, it's for the day. You got to make sure all the things that we laid out, you're doing. Amen. And then God said, I like what he said. He said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. See, that's on the 90. That's on the 90. 90 becomes holy, pure, undefiled, incorruptible by the devil. When the devil try to run up on your 90 and wreck havoc, when I say that, when I say run up on your 90, that's like your light bill went up, and this went up, and that, the food at the grocery store went up. Everything's trying to erode your it. That's when God steps in, and that's how he makes sure that that 90 goes further, no matter what goes up. There's the difference. Because things will come up just simply from being alive. Just simply from being alive. 
You know, it, it, yeah, and, and, and this, that, uh, and then some things because our act of the enemy that gets you crossed up and gets you putting money in a dead thing and all those kind of things. Those things are real. But when you do it God's way, it's gonna be holy, it's gonna be pure, it's gonna be undefiled and incorruptible because God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. The devil will not be able to erode your 90%. That's what he wants to do. And not so much because the devil can't use money either. He's a spirit. But he said, but if I wrote it enough, I can get them discouraged in the things of God. And discouraged in God. And that's his main thing. I can get them to walk away. I don't believe in none of that stuff. I don't believe. And you begin to walk away. And once you start that, it just trickles down. Then you'll find something else you don't believe in. In the word of God, which is true. Amen. So now, <clears throat> you know why some most people, a lot of people, I won't say most, I just say a lot of people have more bills left than income because it's been an erosion. That's why you have more bills than income. It's been an erosion of the income and the principle of God that we've been teaching in this lesson stops that. If right now you have more bills than income, this is what's going to stop it. You getting into the principles of God and operating in it. And there are many believers, I am not talking about sinners, there are many believers that, that their bills are far outweighs their income. That's when you have to go and make arrangements. For a light bill or make arrangements for this and arrangement. Because why? Somewhere it's being eroded. I'm talking about believers. This lesson will stop it. Let her see. The add to life is that which makes us a blessing. That's where verse 12 come in. That's where verse 12. And all nations shall call you blessed and you shall be a delightsome land. I'm telling you, you will be made a blessing. Listen. See, you can get blessed with the harvest, but you cannot be a blessing until you have the add to life. Did you catch that? You can get blessed with the harvest, but you're not going to become a blessing until you're in the add to life. Because now you got more than enough. You're going to get blessed with the harvest because that's God's word. But you want to get to the add to life so that you can make, be made a blessing. Now, that's where we left off last week. And we're going to go. I'm excited about this. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. A few pages over from Malachi where we was. If you're going backwards and you see Malachi, you're going the wrong way. Go the, go the front way. And go to Matthew chapter uh, six. This is where we left off. That Matthew chapter six. If you're there, say amen. And beginning at verse nineteen, let's lay it out. Now we're we're gonna just start on the new information right here. Lay not for yourselves treasure upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Where neither moth 
nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through, nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now that is a tremendous statement. Now the word treasure there means the safe place. Right? Treasure dash safe place. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be open. That is a safe place. When Je- what Jesus is saying here is don't take the world system and use it with your income or with the natural things and expect it to reap you a harvest. It won't. It's not created for that. The world is not created to make you successful. So God said, I don't want you taking your income and and putting it in the world system and trying to work it in the world system in such a manner that you're going to have a reap a great harvest. No. He said, don't you think that this world system is a safe place for the things that you, for things spiritually or naturally. The world is not that place. It's not a safe place. We look around us with everything that's going on. It's nothing safe. Jobs are not safe. Banks are not safe. And none of those things are safe places. Well, this will never happen here. I'm tired of people always talking about what something never happened. Everything is, let me tell you, everything is subject to change but God. Just know that. I don't care how long they said, oh, they'll never have a layoff. They'll have one. Everything is subject to change, but God know that. So He said, "Now, now I want I want to bring balance to this for you because He's saying, don't think that this world system and you putting everything into it and banking on it uh, giving you a great harvest." He said it won't. Now, what He's not saying, He's not telling you don't store up things like your retirement. You need that. You need that. A savings account. You need that. You need a checking account. You need a savings account. He's saying, don't think that the way of the world, that the, the way that the world does it, is going to make things safe for you. Or safe for your things. He said, I don't want you to think that. I want, he did not say, don't, I don't go run and take all your money out the bank and do all those kind of foolish things. No. He's saying, I just want you to know, don't think that those things are going to make you are going to be a safe place for you. And he knows that your heart is going to be... I I love that. He knows that your heart is going to be where your safe place is, where your treasure is. He said, I don't care how many people say, oh, it don't mean nothing to me. Well, now, you're calling God a lie. God said, no, your heart is going to be where your treasure is. Your heart's going to be where your treasure is. That's why all of you, and listen, it's nothing wrong with it. I'm just trying to, I'm, uh, I'm doing some illustrations so you can see. That's why everybody got their banks on their phones. And they go look at them to make sure this is right and make sure that's right and make sure this is And it's nothing wrong with that. Just know, why do you do that? Because even though it's supposed to be a safe place, why do you have to check it? See, because when you're building your treasure in heaven, you don't never have to check it. It's a safe place. And he said, this is where I want you building your treasure. Because this, where moth and corruption and people break in and steal, is not 
the one that's going to give you a great harvest. It's from day to day, from day to day, we're living by chance when it comes to those things. And God said, but I don't want you living that way. I want you to build your treasures in heaven. Amen. So we, what he's saying is we should do is use the principles of God out of the kingdom of God and you will reap the benefits of the principles of God. That is the only safe place. I'll say it again. He said you should use the principles of God out of the kingdom of God. That is your, that's going to, all the benefits are in the principles of God. That is your safe place. Get that in your head. And so he's laying up for your, he said, laying up for yourself treasure in the kingdom. Now we have to understand how do we do that? And I'm going to get to that this morning. How do we do that? How do we build it all up in heaven? Now, look at verse 22. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Verse 23. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If If therefore the light that is of thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he would hold on to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. And if you go on and read it, let's, let's, let's jump on over. Now, which of you can take one thought, verse 27, which of you by taking thought can add one cubic unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they tall not, neither do they spin. And yet say, I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is it today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Oh my God, Jesus is saying these things, I'm, I, he's like, I'm praying. Basically, all he said in that whole deal, and I want you to go back and read it when you get home, all the way, verse 22, all the way, uh, all the way actually to 32. All he is saying here, he's, he break it down. He said, don't rely on that which is natural. Don't worry about that which is natural. Don't focus on that which is natural. Don't seek that which is natural. Don't serve that which is natural. He's like, I'm trying to get you away. If you go and read all that, all he's basically saying is, I don't want you caught up in the natural so much that you forget all about the spiritual thing, which is your safe place. You're a believer. Don't get caught up in the natural. Don't, and what he's saying is, don't let your focus be there. Again, he knows we need to occupy until he comes. He's not saying ignore it. And, no, he's saying, I don't want you focused there. Don't let your worry be there. Listen what he's saying. Don't let your desire be there. What I want you to focus on, desire, and put all of your concentration on is on the kingdom. Look at 31 and 32. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? 
He said, For after those things the heathen, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Not some of them. He said, He knows that you have need of all these things. So here's what God is saying. He's saying, I didn't say that these things were not important. He knows that. He knows that. Remember we talked about that. He's saying, I didn't say clothes and food wasn't important. He said, I don't want you worried about them. Don't worry about them. I know. He's like, I know what you need. I know you need clothes. I know you need food. I know you need these things. But I don't want them to have you. And most people, they, they get so many things that they begin to let those things have them. Or they get a little bit of things. And they begin to let it happen. He said, I don't want you doing that. I don't want you caught up and focused on everything in the world that you're forgetting about your treasure in heaven. And when times come in your life where there's something that comes, let's, let's just say for hypothetically, let's, let's say a sickness comes to your body. Then you like, God, can you go to that treasure and get something? See, see, we, because we already know that you can't get, you, you can't get healed with just money. Because we've seen so many rich people that had money that couldn't get healed because that could not help them. But they, they, some of them probably, I didn't say all, I said some of them probably didn't have any treasure in heaven that they could go to. Didn't have a bank in heaven where they've been storing up. And I'm going to show you how you store up in heaven. Just hold on. But when things are happening to your body and you're changing, I'm telling you, you've got to have a spine to grow old because I'm telling you, everything changes every day. And you have to say, okay, God, I need to make sure that my treasure is full so when things come up, I can go and I can access that treasure. Why? Because it's in a safe place. See, if you go to the bank, you're, you're limited. Whatever amount you have in there, they ain't giving you no more than that. That's it. And so you go and you be like, okay, I can draw. And then you find yourself withdrawn, insufficient funds, it's all gone, and then you're still left out there, and you still don't have the matter answered. But when you go to the treasure in heaven that you have been putting in and putting in and your treasure is big and it's up there, when things go wrong in your life, that's when you can call on God. Now, everybody just want to pray it through. Just, just pray for me. Just, and I'm talking about believers. I'm talking about believers. That's all they want to do is let's just pray. But have you ever thought why you're praying for them? I wonder, do they have any treasure in heaven? I wonder, do they have any treasure in heaven where it's safe? And that's what God is trying to get his people to get revelation of. That, listen, this is a safe place. If you put it here, you can come and get it. You can come. It's like a bank. You, you can come and make a withdrawal. Some of you right on the cusp of your treasure. And once you take that out, you're empty. Or you put so little in. Or you put some in and you took it right out. And now you come back 
and you're looking. But God said, no, you build your treasures in heaven. Amen. Listen to me. Again, the natural things, God said, I, I listen, all I want you to know is I don't mind you having them. I just don't want them to have you. I don't want you worried about I don't want you focused on things. Focus on the kingdom. Amen. He, now, because God is saying you are natural. I created you natural. So, why natural things mean nothing to God because He's spiritual? He said, but I understand because I made you natural. They are important to you. I understand that. And I know you need them. I put you on earth. You need, I don't want you walking around naked. You need clothes. I don't want you walking around hungry. You need to eat. I, I know those things. You don't have to, I know you, I know you don't want to walk. You want to ride. That's okay. It's okay to walk. Just don't focus on it and worry about it. Amen. He's saying, since I know that you need these things, and you know that you need them, he's like, I want you to have them. I want you to do that. I want you to have them. I don't want, he said, but have them my way so they won't corrupt on you. That's all I want. If you have them my way, they're not going to corrupt on you. And I have set certain principles in place to make sure that your needs will be met and that there's a way that you can glorify me in them and I'm going to make sure that everything that you do according to my word will not corrupt on you. Now that's good to know. Remember when the Israelites was in their shoes and nothing wore out because they when they when they start walking in the will of God, God just starts sustaining them. I'm like, it's when you walk in the will of God, even if you've missed it before. Because remember, Israel missed it, but when they walked with God, their shoes, clothes, nothing wore. God provided. So here's what you do: don't seek the things. This is what He's saying. I don't want you to seek the things. Listen, I don't mind you wanting them, but I don't want you seeking them. This is what I want you to do. I want you to, uh, uh, to focus on treasures in heaven. Don't seek after things. But I know what you want, and I have a way of getting it to you. Mm, that's good. He said, don't get the thinking about them and worrying about them I have a way of getting them to you but I want you to do what 33 and 34 here we go he said now do this and I'll get it to you I know what you want 33 but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you therefore take therefore no thought for the morrow for tomorrow will take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What does that mean? He said, I do not want you to have, I do not want you to have anxiety about tomorrow. What's going to happen? What am I going to do? God said, nope, I don't want you doing that. You don't have to think about tomorrow. Worry about tomorrow. Hang, have anxiety about tomorrow. He said, you have enough on your hand just for today. So you don't have to go and try to be all caught up with what's happening tomorrow. He is omniscient. He is omni. 
present. He's everywhere. And He's even in your tomorrow that you don't even know. God knows what's going to happen to you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. You don't. He knows what's going to happen to you tonight at 7 o'clock. You don't. You can prepare and say what you're going to do, but you don't know if that's going to happen. You can drop dead right now, and you don't know. He knows it all, and he's trying to get you to a place where you understand, I know where everything is, I know where everything's stored, I know your tomorrow. So if he knows my tomorrow, and he said, take no thought about tomorrow. Your sufficiency is just for today. Just for today. Amen. And, and, and the thing about it is, God is the only one that knows your tomorrow. So you ought to be confident in that. I mean, you can concentrate on that. God, you're the only one know my t- tomorrow. Amen. And God's going to do the things that He knows what you need for tomorrow. See, because you got treasures. He's going to do those things. He, li- he knows what you need. And how you go- He's going to do them is because why? He's in my tomorrow. He already know I accept that. Father, thank you. You go before me. And I already prepared my tomorrows. You already know. Because give me, let me, let me tell you something. For, for some of us, for all of us, one day our tomorrow will be our last day. And don't you want God to take care of everything the day before? Because it's going to come a time, I'm going to tell you, it's going to come a time that the tomorrow will be someone's last day. Whether you like it or not. And so since you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, why wouldn't you seek Him? Why wouldn't you seek Him? You know, Father, I need to get through tomorrow. And whatever you have for me, Father, tomorrow, you already have it. You know my tomorrows. Father, guide my steps. Order my step. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Order my steps tomorrow, Father. I don't know. I don't know when I go into the job what's going to happen. I just don't know. Why? Because I'm not putting my all of my cares into this natural word system because it's subject to change. That's why God, see, this is, this is how God goes before us and tell us way before time. What did God tell us? He said, get out of debt and start saving. Why? Because I know your tomorrow. You don't know your tomorrows. I know them. And we're like, oh, well, I don't know. I, you know, I've been trying to. No, you don't try. You do. He said it for a reason. Unless you don't trust him. He didn't say it just to be saying something. He said it for a reason. Something is coming our way. He said, get out of debt and save. Hmm. Now, I want to show you the same thing. Go over to Luke, a few pages over. Go over to Luke chapter 12. I just want to show you something. Let's move on over there. Because time is moving. Now, you all understand this. A a parable is a natural illustration of a spiritual truth. Did you hear me? It's a natural... That's why when I give examples, I tell you, don't so much concentrate on the example. I want you to abstract the spiritual truth out of it. Now, here we're going to have a parable, but listen for the spiritual truth. Amen? In Luke chapter 12, are you there? 
beginning at verse 16. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. In other words, he said, I got so much stuff now. I got so much money. I got everything I need. And then he, yeah, he's comfortable. What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will, I know what I'll do. I'll pull down my barns and build bigger ones. Build greater ones. And there will be, and there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. All, everything that I've done. I'm just gonna make it big and I'm gonna store it all. I'm not giving it over. I just want to store it away. Cause I got so much now. Verse 19. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. You worked hard for this. You got all of it stored away. Take thine ease. Time to retire. Eat, drink, and be merry. I like verse 20. But God. Everybody say, but God. Whenever you see that in the scripture, but God, stop. Just stop. And just right there. Just stop and meditate for a minute. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Verse verse 21. So is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. The same thing that's happening to this is happening. Do you know people have died just trying to build big barns here on the earth? And they're going off the planet now. And that's all they spent their whole life doing. That God said, I don't want you saying all that you have and storing it away like you're going to be here forever. He said, this night your life is required of you. And who will all that stuff go? Because naked you came into this world. You're going back the same way. So who is all of that going to belong to? He said, you had better stop trying to build a born on earth and build a born in heaven. Stop trying to build a born on earth. Build a born in heaven. Go over to verse 29 over here. And seek not ye that ye shall, what you shall eat is saying the same thing but in a different way, listen. And seek ye not what you shall eat and what you shall drink, neither be ye of a doubtful mind. For all these things do the nation of the world seek after. And your father knoweth that you have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it, and this is my favorite picture right here. Let me tell you, if you ever want something that is tender to the heart and show you the tenderness of God, is this verse right here. He said, fear not, little flock. It's like he said, fear not, you little, y'all, y'all so finite. Y'all, just, 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 just stop being all hyped up about stuff. Just, but this is what he said. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure. To give you the kingdom. It's his good pleasure. He takes pleasure in it. That scripture right there is powerful. It is powerful. You need to meditate on that. It is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. 
when you're taking chemotherapy, you go to this scripture and say, Father, it's your good pleasure to give me the kingdom. I love that. Fear not. See, that's what he's going to take you. Fear not, my child. Fear not, little flock. Listen, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I love that. I'm like, God, that, 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 for me, that seals everything. See, you don't have to say, well, I don't know if God wants to get, he said it's my good pleasure to. I'm happy to. I want to. But it's his way. And notice what he didn't say. He didn't say he was going to give you a slice of the pie, a slice of cake. He's giving you the whole thing. It's his good pleasure to give you everything that you need, right where you are. It's his good pleasure. He said the kingdom and all of his fullness, all the fullness of the Godhead is, is wrapped up in Jesus. And he belongs to us. All of it, the whole Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all wrapped up in Jesus. And you, and, and, and this is the blessing part, and we are complete in Him. We're complete in that. I'm complete in that. I'm okay with that. Right there, when He said it's His good pleasure, He just gave you an American Express card, and you don't want to leave home without that. I'm going to tell you, he just signed, sealed, and delivered it right there. And with his, there's no interest, there's no, just signed, sealed, that, so basically when he gives, hands you over to America's plan, what does that say? There's no limit! Have you ever had American Express? They got the no limit? You can, you can, you can go up to however much you want. God said, I gave it to you and it's in my name. Signed, sealed, and delivered. And in the name of Jesus, if you shall ask anything in my name, anything, he said, I'll give it to you. It's my good pleasure to give it to you. You don't have to, you don't have to keep going through. You say, God, you said that's your good pleasure. I'm counting on it. I'm counting on that truth. And guess what God will do? He said, let's, okay, let's go to your treasury here on earth. I mean, here in heaven. Let's see what you have in your treasury. That you can, let's go to the bank of God. Because you know the American Express, they got a bank. Why, you could use all that money. And God said, come on. Let's go to your treasure. And see, then they didn't make you start thinking about all the times that... See, a lot of times we think, I did this and I did that and everything. But how did you do it? Was your hands clean? Was your heart right? Because if not, that was not in the treasure. What's in the treasure is those things that abide in the Word of God. And you'll be like, oh no, I did this, I did that. Oh God, I was talking about pastor in the midst of that and that didn't work and this, this. See, all, see I told you, when you start getting into things, you forget all those things. You done forgot so much of it, you haven't even repented about it. You cannot be forgiven for what you have not repented about. You can't just get good. 
I'm good now, and I'm going, you know. No, you gotta repent. Repentance is a part of all that God needs you to do in order to be in His perfect will. I love, He said, for I've given you the keys to the kingdom. Mm, mm, mm. I made you more than a conqueror. I mean, you start looking at all of that, and you, you know, it's not just a saying. You've all, you've all overcome the world. Why? Because you don't put all your hope there. You live there, but you don't put all of your hope in existence there. That's why he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Why? Because you're not caught up and have anxiety and hooked on to this world. You're hooked on to me. So you just be, you know what, stand bold, push your shoulders back and be confident that I am in the Lord and in the power of his might. Strong in him. Courageous in him. Ooh, that was good. That was good for me. So we started looking at the 90 that God leaves in our hands. And I gave you a threefold budget, I guess a budgetary responsibility. And you all fainted on that. That one third, one third, one third, it just don't seem possible. But it's real. Amen. But we back to it. Because God had to still drive that home to you and stop, stop talking about what's impossible. Position yourself to do it. Let me give them to you again. First of all, the scriptural budget for the 90 that you have left over. The first thing you do is what? Pay your obligations. We talked about that. And ideally you have to, you know, right then you was like, okay, oh. And ideally, ideally, that your obligation should be one, just one third of your income. If your obligation is beyond one third of your income, you need to start cutting something back and say, nope, 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 we gotta get rid of this because a third of our income should, should cover all our obligations. Showing you how to do it. Now again, I know some of you, you're not there. I'm talking about getting there. Some of you have gotten yourself in financial woes. I know you can't stop paying them. And say, okay, I'm finna start. No, no, no. You gotta get that cleared up and begin to walk that path. You gotta walk that path. Some of you, some of you not far away from it. You just have to chop off a few things that need to go and say, nope, I'm gonna make sure I stay within that one third. Why? Because I'm on God's plan. I wanna be on God's plan. I'm gonna be on God's plan. I don't care how long to, some of it'll take you three months, six months. Some might even take a year because you got yourself in there. But you gotta be consistent throughout that whole year to get it down to one third of your income. Easy peasy. Uh, easy for you to say no. Easy peasy meaning just do it. All the extra money you see, put it on that bill and wipe that bill out so you can get down. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing everything down to one third. Tell that old greedy wife of yours that want to spend all the money, no ma'am, no ma'am, no ma'am. We're going under the one third. Tell that husband, cause some, some, it's very rare, but sometimes you get husbands that like to spend more than wives, but you still tell them, we need to get down to one third. 
What do we need to do? Let's start cutting back. And see, I know, I know. Right now, you want to do it because it sounds exciting. <laughs> but, but can you do it when it's not exciting? Because new don't last new long. I, I keep telling you that. See, it sounds good. It's, oh, okay. Yes, okay. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do. Yeah, until you find something you want. Then you go on to the online and then you run into some Tory Burch. Be like, oh, okay, I'm just going to get this one time and then we got to see, now you messed up. Or you ran into something that you wanted, Louis Vuitton, whatever it is, whatever you like. I just said Tory Burch because I like Tory Burch. But I'm just saying anything. But you run into it because it's going to be there. And then you'll be like, oh, I want that so bad. It's not going to be around in next year. It's not going to be around. That's where your discipline come in and say, I'm letting it go. Um, We're getting to that place. We're getting to that place. You got to hustle to get there. Say, oh, no, we've been out of line too long. And see, some of you, let me tell you, some of you have been out of line and you still been living comfortable. But just think how much further God wants you to be. God said, no, I don't want you comfortable. I want you to be in a place where you are bounded so much you can be a blessing to others. Hmm. One third. And then we said one third of your income should be obligated to that contractual obligations. Now, obligation is something that you must do or you must have or it must be. Now, when I define that, uh, the, um, uh, the, um, contractual obligation or the, I told you that they are fixed and unavoidable. Some things are fixed and unavoidable. You need a house. That's fixed. You gotta have that. That's unavoidable. You need a roof over your head. You need clothes on your back. Those things you got to do so they're necessary. Those things are necessary to sustain a natural life. You know what those are, just to sustain a natural life. Again, example, food, clothes, shelter, all those things are necessary. They're, and they're, they're unavoidable, but what did I say? But they're not uncontrollable. You don't have to get out of control with them. Are you with me? When I say that, you know what, you know, you, you got those that get a house. Yeah, I want a house. You know, I want, I'm tired of paying rent. I want a, I want a house. That's fine. And God is fine with it. Just don't go and try to buy a million dollar house if you can't afford it. Don't go and buy a $500,000 house if you can't afford it. There's nothing wrong with you wanting a house. But make sure that it's beneath your income. Not at it, because you have nothing to give. God's principles. See, and, 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 and I'm telling you, in every area you got to see. Some of you, you know, I, I know you love H-E-B, and you love the store, and you love this store, and that store, and, and whatever. Let me tell you, this is what you have to tell yourself. I gotta, sometimes I gotta stop going to the places to bag it for me, and I gotta bag it myself. I gotta go to the store to bag it myself. If you have a bag at yourself income, go bag it. Why? I'm trying to get, I don't care if somebody else can, they, they can go to the other place. I'm going to bag it right now because I'm getting where God told me to get. I go bag it. Look at yourself and say bag it. Say bag it yourself. See, it's okay. 
Nobody knows what you... It's between you and God. Don't try to act cute. I don't go to that kind of store. Oh, New information. All obligations that we incur should glorify God no matter what the obligation is. All the obligations that we incur should all glorify God no matter what the obligation is. Because, see, we have to be responsible to hold... You, you know what? You... you <laughs> We have to be responsible because we don't want the body, we want the body to be blameless, the body of Christ to be blameless. So, whatever one that you incur, make sure you glorify God. I mean, it, you being a good witness for the Lord Jesus Christ in the totality of your person, not just doing something. No. The second part of that budget was kingdom designated form. Remember, that should be a third. Kingdom designated funds. It should be a third. You have it when you got your obligations down to a third. Now you got a third of kingdom designated funds. Designated to the kingdom of God. Now, most of you think or thought right away when I say kingdom designated, you think I'm talking about putting it in an offering plate and that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm thinking of, of that. You need to stop thinking of that. Because kingdom designated fund goes far than the offering plate. Are you following me? You put in the offering plate. Listen, in the offering plate, let me tell you what all that goes in the offering plate. Your tithe, that which belongs to God. So you haven't, you're not even giving yet. Your offering, that's your giving that you give. And alms, that's all that goes in the offering plate. But the kingdom designated fund goes further than that. But in the offering plate, that's all that goes in there. <laughs> I hope you're getting this. When I say kingdom designated fund, it's beyond that. Funds that are designated that needs the need meets the needs of the kingdom. I mean, there's many different designated fund, funds. Just like assessment, designated funds, different di different areas. Those that that has nothing to do with you off your offering from week to week. That's designated funds. Are you with me? Designated funds that's designated sold for the purpose to benefit the kingdom of God. Period. In whichever way it is. In other words, and the only reason why I'm spending this money is to benefit the kingdom of money. The sole purpose is to, 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 to make sure that the benefits of the kingdom is being taken care of. That's why I'm doing it. Hmm. I didn't say bring it to the church. You don't have to bring it to the church. There's people out there that need help. There's situations out there that need that's designated funds. And remember the third part. And see, even kingdom designated funds, and this is the way I am. Now, if, for example, this is another kingdom designated. If you find like a young person, and you see they 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 in the Lord, and they doing well in the Lord, and you want to bless their lives, that's kingdom designated funds. So you know what I see? They, you know, they're going to be a blessing to the body of Christ in the future. You know what? I want to invest in that. I, you know, I, I, I see that they're about the things of God. And plus they're, they're doing this and they're doing that. And, but I see they're about the kingdom of God. You invest in their life. That's designated funds. 
for the kingdom. Are you with me? I want you to get it. And then we have um, a third of the income should be designated and set aside for natural areas of your budget. The natural, the, the taking care of yourself. Different things that you want to do. Maybe you want to go back to school. Maybe you want to do this. Maybe you want to do that. You should have a third of that. And if you're doing it right, you will have it. What does that mean? That means that the funds designated for your income, for growth and personal development, here's the new information for the funds designated. Write it down. Number one, I designate one-third of my funds to improve the quality and the standard of my living. I want to improve it. I have the money to because a third of it is set apart for that. I set apart that third so that my life will be a better witness for the kingdom of God. In other words, my income should be used in such a manner that it will make God look good in the sight of the world. In sight of the world, God should look good. In your academics, in your personal life, in your personal development, you want to make sure that you're growing and developing in every area of your life. you got a third of the income to make that happen. That should be a planned development in your life so that you can be a good witness. Let me tell you, it's hard for people to come to the Lord if you are in more trouble than them. You go up to them and tell them they need the Lord and they look like, you looking like what, what would have thought of they like, well you need God. You need Him more than me. And I'm not talking, cause you know we have the people and they like to brag about they got their Bentleys and they taking pictures about them with fur coats. That, that's not what I'm talking about. That, that, that's nothing. But you should live your life in such a way that the world know, you know what, they are godly. They are godly and this is the way it should be. Not just showing off a bunch of stuff. Amen. Another example. If you work on a job, listen, you should make sure that you develop yourself on that job. You should be the most outstanding employee in that area. Why? Because, listen... Because I developed myself. I had a third of the income to even increase myself so I could even be better at that job. So that God... Did you see? Did you hear me? Just... If you have any area of responsibility on your job, you should develop yourself to a point that you know everything, everything in that area of responsibility. Everything. I mean, when your boss asks the question, you have the answer. You read it right then. Or you have the idea. You got, you, you right there. But what? I've done some things with that third that was left on that put me in a position where I learned more about it and I did whatever it took to get to be more in that area. You should concentrate by being the best person on that job. Why? Because you're a Christian. And an ambassador of God. Remember we talked about ambassador. And you represent him in the earth. And you ought to be the best. Oh, let's not forget this. And when lunchtime, you're the first one back. Not the last one. You're the first one back from lunch. 
I don't care who else is. Uh, everybody else ain't coming back. Me either. Nope. You're a Christian. I'm the first one back and in my spot. I'm, I'm talking about being, all, you want to be an example. You want people to see the Christianity without you opening your mouth. Just living it. Not always, don't have no time to be off, but always taking off. Silliness. They'd be like, you know what, they always call them Christian and everything, but my God. I, I, I admire Sister Stinson. This woman have so many hours left over at the end of the, I had to go on and tell her, I said, girl, ain't no way. No way. How you have a hundred and something in all these thousands? What kind of hours do you have? You When do you take off? Never. What? But they can count on her, I guarantee you that. I mean, she have to. I mean, they have to make you take days at the end because you got so many. Now that's a good testimony. Like you need to take off. That that's a testimony, and he said right there, and that's a person primed to do God's will. Because I'm gonna tell you, when I was working in the workforce, I was trying to get off whenever I could because I was like, I did not like being there. But that was years ago. But you learn. Now, I'm just going to say this and then we're going to move on. Now, at the end of the year, now, exactly, it's okay if you don't have no time left at the end of the year. You use it because that's what it's there for. But now, if you don't have no more time and you're still trying to take off and just taking off unnecessarily because the holidays came up and I want to be off with my children, I want to be off with my family. No, you should have saved all of those. You still want to represent Christ. Well, they say, you know what? They, 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 they got the days. Let them off. You know, and you know what I see? They work hard and they always here. We're talking about ambassadors for Christ, not doing your own thing. You should be up to snuff on all the things that you know to do. Amen. You represent the kingdom of God. So, and listen, and you should not have obligation to spill over onto your job. By that I mean no bill collector should be calling your job looking for you. Now, if that's happening to you, you need to stop right now and tighten it up. Maybe it's happened to you. I'm not trying to put you down. I'm saying maybe it has happened to you. But now you stop and say, you know what, I'm going to stop this. i got to get, I gotta call them. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the mailbox to go to it. Don't be scared of the telephone to answer it. Answer it. Get it. Get the matter straight. Tell them what you can do. Get yourself out of that. Get to a point where you glorify God. And you take a portion of that income and you make sure that you invest it in your own life so that you can glorify God. Our own personal life. We want to glorify God. We want to walk, you know, we want, we want to walk in all this stuff that we talk about. Hmm. I want to walk, I want to, I, I want to walk in this in my life. Oh, I want to walk in it on my job. I want to walk in it in my personal life, in my children's life, everything. So take a portion of that. See, and, and, and you gotta be where people can see you and know what you're doing and know that they can follow that. Because how many of you would want to follow me if every Sunday, 
Every Sunday for the whole year, whenever we got out of church, I always said, do you have some jumper cable for my little old car? Every day, I need a jumper cable. I need a jumper cable. You'd be like, well, what the devil? When is she going? She need to do something. Because she's a leader and she's say she know God and all she... What? She always need a jump? She don't, I mean, she can't afford a new car? A better car? They don't have to be new, just better than what she has. All of those things people watch. Go to Genesis 1 and, and, and 27. Run over there. I got to finish this. 1 and 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Everybody say, and he blessed them. Listen. In, wait, wait. In, in verse 28. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, then over every living thing that moveth on the earth. Now, God said, it, it said, and God blessed them. Malachi said, God, and I love what Malachi said, God is an unchanging God. God blessed them. In Matthew it says that God blessed them. In Genesis, God blessed them. Everybody say blessed. Everybody say I am blessed. Now listen to what I said about I am blessed. Say I am blessed. But notice this. It doesn't mean you're going to receive it. You are blessed. (laughs) That's who you are. You are blessed, but it doesn't mean you're going to receive it. That's, that, you are blessed, just for being about Christ, but it doesn't mean you're going to receive it. Got to walk in this Word. It's just like somebody being hungry, and the food is in the refrigerator, and it's behind something you didn't know it was there. You be like, oh God, I'm starving. Well, the food is right there, but if you don't know it's there, you can't have it. So you are blessed, but how do you know how the blessings work? If you don't know how, you can't have it. You can't receive it. <laughs> Listen. Let's read 28 again. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Listen. Everything on the face of the earth God created and He gave it to us. Everything. God Himself cannot use it. Because it's natural. Are you, are you following me? God is a spirit. We can only worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now, anything that registers on our senses is for us. Register on your five senses. Anything you can hear, taste, touch, smell, feel, that is for you. It's not for God. Anything that registers on your senses, are you following me? Why? Because it's made for man. And it's made for you to have dominion over it. 
That is our fulfillment. He gave us instruction. He said to, to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So here we go. The primary objective of this principle that we're taking about, when we're talking about sowing and reaping, is to replenish and preserve the earth. To replenish and reserve the earth. So God told us here to replenish the earth. So watch this. To replenish the earth means to restock it. It means to bring it back to its fullness. It means to restock it. To replenish, restock it. And bring it back to its fullness. It means to keep the earth whole and complete. So then notice this. Here's the revelation I want everyone to get. You have to give... And what you have, you didn't get it. You yourself didn't get it. You have to be a person that gives, but you, whatever you have, you didn't get it on your own. Stop thinking that you are all that. You didn't get it. God gave it to you. If you have it, God gave it to you. Whether you realize it or not, God gave it to you. Anything that you have, God gave it to you. Why? Because everything was created, was created in the beginning and was already His. He gave it. Whatever's in the earth, God has already given it to us. He gave it to us. Whatever's in the earth, whatever's on our five senses that can register and has given us, and He said, now I'm giving it all to you, but I'm giving you stewardship over it. Let that principle operate in you on all the things that I give you. Walk in your home today and look and say, you know, I know you think you got it all, but God gave it to you. If you only knew how many people wish they had what you have, they don't even have the health to go get it. They don't have the money to go get it. They're not where you are. But God said, but I gave it to you. So don't think you've done anything in and of yourself. And he said, and I gave it to you for a reason. For you to give. For you to give. Again, the example of the farmer. The farmer. You talk to a farmer. The first thing the farmer does in the earth is what? Give. He give a seed to put in the earth. You have to give. Why? Because if you want to replenish, you have to give. If you're going to replenish, you have to give. You cannot replenish unless you first give. That is the whole purpose of giving. It's to replenish. See, we like, I give, you know, and, you know, and, you know, and, and I, it's going to be given unto me. You give to replenish. Ooh, get that in your head. Whenever you give according to the purpose of God, let me tell you, God will multiply it and He will give it to you to replenish. No farmer sits down and ser- see the farmer puts the seed in the ground. Ask any farmer. No farmer sits down and feed his family seed. Have you ever heard of seed soup? No. 
Because see, they don't feed them seeds. They get what's in the ground. And when that comes up, listen, listen what the farmer does. Take this illustration and, and pull out the spiritual truth. What that farmer does, put the seed in the ground. He doesn't give that to his family. But when it comes up and the harvest comes up, he takes a portion of that harvest and feeds his family. And with the other portion, replenishes. That's the way it works. He puts back in to get more, to replenish. What we do is take everything we have and give it to the family. And we have nothing to replenish. We have nothing to put back in the ground. We have nothing to continue and replenish. That's how people spend their money. They, they're busy taking it out the bank and never replenishing it. And then they look and say, oh, we're overdrawn. Oh, we don't have. Because why? You, you, let me, if you're not replenishing, it's not there. You're using it all. Nobody does that. Listen, it's God's responsibility that we, that we have. And He's made that clear. And He set the earth up to work for us. It was His responsibility to make sure we have. And we do. Now, how, now you getting it is up to you. He laid it out. He called the grass of God, everything obeying. So it's God's responsibility to give us what we have and it's our responsibility to give. Write this down. If you keep what you have, it will spoil. It will spoil. Just keep it and it will spoil. Everything that is ma- that's made is it, to be used. Everything. Everything that is made to be used. In some manner, so that you can replenish it after its kind. If you have an orchard tree full of apples, listen, and if you try to keep all those apples, they're going to spoil on you. you got to give some away. If you try to keep it, it's going to spoil on you. All you have to do is just keep what you can. And with the rest, I give away. I, I, I distribute it. I don't try to keep it. If you keep it, it's going to spoil on you. Oh, here's a good one. If you keep your children, they will spoil on you. Ooh, we don't like to talk about that, do we? You keep your children, they will spoil on you. You have to give them away too. I know, it's hard. It's hard. But, you, but but we're talking about doing it God's way. You know, you we can't phantom it, and especially those of you with girls. You're like, I ain't giving. Uh, now wait a minute, but you're gonna have to. It's the principle. Brother Holland's back there like, oh, damn, not giving Tiffany to nobody. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, it's, it's God's, it's, it's the way. It's the way you have to give it, your children away. Or they will spoil on you. You 
You need to tell your children, I'm training you to go. Every time you see them, say, you know what, I'm training you to go. See, my sons moved in with me because my, my, my sons weren't living with me before my husband passed. But they moved in with me. And I know one day they're going to go. Even though they say they're going to stay with me and da-da-da-da-da, I already know. Isaiah get married again, he'll go. Nat and Isaiah go. You know, they, they feel like, I don't know, they, uh, they you know... And, and I thank God for them because they've helped me through so much. But but one day they have to go. I, I know that. Well, they were already gone, but they'll have to go. I'm not talking about circumstances like this. You know what I'm talking about. Those that's living with you. You got to go. Don't even train a child to stay. Don't do it. If you train a child to stay, guess what? They're going to spoil right in your house. They're going to spoil right in your house. You have to train them to go. I mean, it's a pure example of it, the dead, the dead Sea in Israel. See, it's a pure example. The reason why it is the Dead Sea is because there is no exit. No exit. There has to be an exit, even for your children, at some point. Whatever point it is, but at some point you can't keep with them, keep them for all of your life. There has to be an exit. Everything that comes into the Dead Sea, listen, it go. Anything that comes in there, anything, it cannot stay. It never comes out. Why? Because there's no exit in there. I'm telling you, it's so rich with minerals and uh, filled with riches that they can't even keep a boat in there overnight. They have to take it out. Because it'll eat through it. It'll eat through it. That's how rich it is. Because it has no exit. There's no flow. Isn't that amazing? Exit. The people of Israel really have to take the boats out of the Dead Sea. So no matter what they do, they've got to say, fish can't even live there. I, I'm trying to think. Well, a lot of them just like to ride on the Dead Sea, just to ride on it, because it's not, you can't fish. Nothing lives there. It, it can't. <laughs> There's not a fish there. Not now, now. You know this is bad. Algae won't even grow there. No exit. Nothing alive is in the Dead Sea. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. Why? Because it doesn't give. Anything dead doesn't give. The sea has to give. The ocean has to give. Everything, including you, has to give. In order to survive, you are no different. You have to give. You got to give it up. Know that. You take what you need and you give it up. Did you hear me? Take what you need and then give it up. Why? So that you might replenish the earth. Because that's what God commanded us to do. That you might replenish the earth. And that's what's wrong with the United States. That's why we're in trillion dollar debt. We don't give as a country. Now, go to Mark chapter 10, the last scripture. I'm trying to finish this. 
Don't send your money down a dead street. Remember, anything that you keep will spoil. When you use, you must replenish. Know that. He said, be fruitful and multiply. If you send money down a dead street, you're in trouble with God. Are you in Mark chapter 10? So did all of this to show you this. In verse uh, 10, verse 17. And when he was gone forth unto a ways, there came one running and kneeling. Now, we know this scripture. And him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? All of this to show you. how to, I'm showing you how to invest in the kingdom of God. You need to learn how to invest. This rich young ruler, we all know the story. He come running to Jesus. And he said, he asked Jesus, What? must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answers him in verse 19. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. Let me stop here. Now, I, see, now, see, I, when God starts speaking to me, now when Jesus told him that, Jesus was trying to show him, you're already missing. Because we know that the Ten Commandments was never made for us to obey and try to do. It was to show us that we had already broken it. That's all it was. So he was trying to show him, but he was too rich to see it. He said, I mean, Jesus went through it all. Do not do this, do not do that. And he looked at him to, to see it. He's like, I've observed all of that. Jesus almost wanted to laugh. Because again, the, this, it was never meant, I, I want you to get that, especially you that don't belong to this ministry. Get this. The Ten Commandments was never meant for you to try to obey. You couldn't. It was to show you you had already broken it and that you needed a Savior. That's all it was. It was to show you. When Moses went on the mount and got that, it was showing all of Israel. You've already broken off. Because you would read them and say, oh, I've already done that. Every one of us could go through all of those and say, we've already done that. Before we were saved. Because it was to show you, I need a Savior. And so Jesus broke it down to him and he's standing there waiting for him. And look at what he says. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. <laughs> I love that. Verse 19. And he asked, oh, in verse 20. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. I could imagine. He was looking at his smiling like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Just, you know, well, I, you know, see, I'm taking another imagination right here. I'm thinking Jesus said, I love him. He's such an idiot. Because see, cause he just told him he just did all of that. And it said Jesus beholded. Beholding means he looked at him. <laughs> and Jesus beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest then, since you've done everything. Actually, he was saying, Let me show you you haven't done any of it. One thing you lack. Go thy way. Sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasures in heaven. And come, take up your cross, and follow me. Mm. <laughs> now, right there. Most people don't read that correctly. Right there, Je Jesus already knew what he was going to do. 
First of all, you need to understand this about this man. This man was richy, rich, rich. This man was filthy rich already. Jesus said, sell whatsoever you have. What he didn't say, he didn't say, most people read it like this, and give it to the poor. He never said give it to the poor. Do you see it there? Look at it and make sure. He said give to the poor. Now listen, people, they, they, all, they got this all wrong. Oh, God told him and told him to give it all to the, to the, he didn't say give it all. Matter of fact, he said sell. And we know what sell means. To sell something means I need to buy something. I mean, I need to put something out there and I need to make a profit. If you are selling something and you don't make a profit, it's not a sale. You know, our pastor used to always tell us about sales at the store. Even when they own sale, they're making a profit. Because they're not there not to make a profit. Ooh, it's on sale. Ooh, it's on sale. But it's not for what they bought it for. They, I don't care how little the profit may be. The margin might have came in little, but they're still going to make a profit. Because it's not a sale until you make a profit. So all God, all Jesus was telling him was, sell what you have, give, make a profit, give some to the poor, and then come on and follow me, and I'll tell you what to do with the rest. But he walked away sad. God just showed him, you ain't done none of, you ain't done none of this. You can't even do that. Because he was so rich. He said, just sell what you have. Make a profit. And guess what? God will always, always have you enjoy whatever, whatever he's, he's, he's having you get. You're going to get enjoyment out of it. He's not just saying do this. If you, if you dedicated, let's just say you dedicated, you, you said, okay, Father, I'm going to buy a car. And it's going to be dedicated for your, your service, Lord. This is for the kingdom. Or you bought a house. Let me tell you, it's two way to, ways to buy a house. You can buy a house with your own finances and, you know, what you like. It got the square footage you want and what you like and you can get it. Another way you can buy a house when God is speaking to you. Now, suppose some God said, okay, let's just say Sister Simpson lived in San Marcos. And God told her she just bought a house and, you know, or whatever. And, and you know, she's in it and she loves her house and she loves that. But she's walking with God. And God said, you know what, I'm doing a work over in Round Rock that I need you to be a part of. And I'm going to need you to sell this house and move there. And you're going to have to buy a house there. I'm opening the door for you to buy a house there. But see, now you have to make a decision. Because God's saying, I want to work for you. Do. Now, if you would do that and sell your house and move here and get a house here, now that house is dedicated to the Lord. It's for kingdom service. Because I just gave up what I wanted to do because I'm doing what God wants. But guess what? He'll let her enjoy that house. If you got a car and you said, I'm using it for the kingdom, you get to enjoy it. But it's in kingdom service. So now what? I don't let any and everything in that house because that's God's. I don't let any and everything on my radio in that car because it's God's. Because it's for kingdom service. You get it? Everything, when you got to be sensitive to God. When God said it's time to move, let it go. And say, God, for your service. 
You're going to get to enjoy it. See, a, a lot of times when, when you hear something for God's service, you think, oh, it's all about church. And it's nothing about the... No, God knows you have need of those things. He wants you to enjoy. So do you understand what selling means? It is to make a profit. Profit. Sell means to make an increase on your investment. Whatever investment you make, whatever money you have, you want to make an increase on it. But he couldn't. And people go away thinking that they that, that he couldn't because God wanted him to give away everything. He didn't tell him that. He didn't say give. It, it, he said sell it and then give. And come follow me. He couldn't do it. He couldn't sell. He couldn't give. And he couldn't follow. Why? Because he was too rich. Now, most of us ain't even rich like that. And we can't sell. We can't give. And we can't follow. And broke. He couldn't do it because he was rich. And you doing it because you just, no, you trying to, because you're giving it all over to the world. Make me a success. Make me this. Make me that. Even those of you that got all the education, and I love those who have all the education. Get as much as you can. Go back, get your doctor, get whatever. But make sure that in the midst of that, submit even that, your education to the Lord. And he'll take you places I can't go. But he'll take the voice and the teachings that I'm giving you where you can take it into those places. But you've got to even submit your education to the Lord. Father, this is me bettering myself for your kingdom so that I can go in places where I need to go and I'm, gonna, and I'm word up enough to bring your light there. Replenishing. We can do that. And I'm not going to go through all of those because we're really out of time. But write this down. Letter A. Put this down under kingdom designated form. How you invest them. Anything that you invest for the gospel's sake of the kingdom investment is not just the offering plate. There's many other things that you can invest in the gospel. People's lives. Invest. Letter B, anything that we purchase with the primary purpose to benefit the kingdom, uh, 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 to benefit the kingdom is called kingdom giving and kingdom investment. Whenever you put into the lives of those that are in, that, that you know that's in the kingdom, that you know that's gonna be a blessing, whether they're going through the process now, God will place it on your heart. Take them under your wing. Start ministering to them. Take them out to dinner and just start ministering to them. You know, I remember many young people in this ministry, God used different ministers to try to minister to them. They weren't hearing it because they were too selfish. But now you you out there now that God wants to use like that, when someone comes in your life and say, you need to listen up. When those in authority or someone come and they, they're ministering things into your life or speaking things into your life, pay attention. It's going to reward you in the end. See, because you're not just living for the day. It's going to reward you in the future. And guess what? Those same people that wouldn't listen, they'll come and they'll have to be ministered by you. Because you understand it. You understand it. These are things... Now, remember what we were talking about. What's the real truth about the tithe? 
All of this is tied into the tide. One other thing before we close about the tithe. If you go back and read, he said that he'll bless you where you won't have room to receive. Now, everybody think tithing is money. I want to know how much money that you can receive that you don't have room for. Just tell me that. Anybody in here or out there streaming, I want to ask you a question. When you read Malachi, and it said, well, let me just read it to you so you'll know, because I, I can't take it to everybody. Verse 10, it says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive. Now, if that is talking about money, how many of you out there, tell me how much money that you cannot receive? If God is talking about money. If somebody gave you a trillion dollars, do you have a place to put it? A million dollars, two million, ten million, do you have a place to put it? You have a bank, I'm sure. You got a mattress. You got some place to put No matter how much money somebody give you, you have a place to put it. But here he said, what I'm going to give you, you won't have room to receive it. So how could that be money? How can it be money? Tell me. Did you hear what he said? He said, I will open you the windows, plural, of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not be able to receive. If that was money... Then you could say, somebody give me $10 million. I wouldn't know where to put it. I would. No matter how much money someone gives you, you have a place to put it. And now they got cryptocurrency, right? You can just do that boom, 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 bam. You got, uh, well, y'all might not know about cryptocurrency, but you could, there's nowhere you can, you can put the, you can put money anywhere. So what could he possibly be talking about? I'm talking to you out there. That there's no room to receive. If I tithe, what is he going to open me a windows of heaven that I can't receive? What he's talking about is the blessing that he's going to give you is going to go beyond your lifetime. That means your lifetime will come and go and the blessings are still. I see it. I, let me tell you, I see it in my children's life. Their father is gone and beyond his life, I still see God answering his prayers. It goes beyond your lifetime. It keeps going. I'd rather have something going where my great-grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren. That's why it's so important to be established in a ministry. Because you want it to go beyond your lifetime. I'm like, Father, beyond my lifetime, I will have the confidence and the assurance that my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren, I will see them all in heaven because of what you said. That you will pour me out a blessing that I won't receive. He said, you might get a tip of it and you might see a little bit of it, but once you die, I'll still do 
what he said. Remember what Joseph said? Joseph was so assured that his blessings would go beyond that, that he said, now when y'all leave, take my bones with you. That's like 400 years later. He all he had confidence enough to say, when you all get up and get out of here, dig me up, take me with you. My bones. Now somebody would have forgot about that and said, you know what, that's over and that's done. But God made sure it happened. Why? Because he said it. And God always bless. God always going to perform his word, whether you're on the planet or off. Oh, I never seen it. They died and they never seen it happen. Don't mean it's not gonna happen. Don't mean it's not gonna happen. God is not limited. God, there's no limits with God. Stop putting Him in a box. Like if somebody dies, it stops there. It doesn't stop there. God is gonna do what He, why do you think we have the Bible? Why do we do still that? Because it's still going on. Nothing stops because man dies. That's a part of life. And it hurts. And it don't feel good. And it feels like an impossibility. And it feels like, oh, this is too much to bear. And, oh, I don't want anybody else to go through it. But somebody else is going to go through it. Sister Turner, it was your first year without your husband. I get it. I understand it. But you have been taught well enough to know that i got to stand strong. Through the hurt. Through the pain. Through the loneliness. Through all of that. Why? Because God is faithful. And you are tither. And this belongs to you. It belongs to you. Every prayer that you prayed for your husband when he was alive, God is still performing. He got sons. God is not a man that he should lie. That's why it's so important to be where you need to be. Stay where you need to stay. Don't go running around and getting yourself all confused with all this foolishness out there. Stay rooted, grounded, settled, established in a ministry that teach the Word and grow and develop. Because one day you're going to be off the planet. And it won't, be, won't matter what church you went to. You better know Him. What matters now is if God places you wherever God places you, because He places you in the body as He sees fit, that you stay where you are, whether you like it or not, and grow and develop. Because one day, your calendar day is coming, and will you be ready? Because God is not going to have a line for the Baptist, the Methodist, the full gospel. The, he's not having a line for any of that. He has one line, and those are all who believe on the name of Jesus and walk in His Word. Now, if you want victory while you're here, walk in this principle of tithe so that you can glorify God, so that He can use you. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.